we no longer are afforded the opportunity to exist as organizations without DEI. And so we are needed, we're important, we have purpose, and we should stand in that purpose. But more importantly, to show up as our best selves and contribute in the ways that we know we can. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the All Inclusive podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Marquita Jack, Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Irritable. We discuss the key elements of an effective DEI strategy and how companies can ensure their efforts are genuine and not merely performative gestures. We also discuss the importance of creating a psychologically safe environment. As always, before jumping into the video, make sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and follow on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. That being said, let's jump in. Hi, Marquisa. Hello. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. So glad to be here. And thanks so much for having me. Um, so let's kick things off. Why not tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your journey to where you are today? Oh, absolutely. So uh, hi, everyone. I'm Marquita Jack, and I am the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion with Iterable Inc., uh, which is a uh, SaaS company headquartered in San Francisco. Um, and I've been with uh, Iterable as the, their head of DEI for almost two years now. It'll be two years, uh, June 21st. Uh, but prior to that, I have about a, a 23 at this point year background in human resources with the uh, last maybe uh, six or seven with a focus uh, on DEI, either th directly or indirectly through my work. Um, so what brought me to the DEI space was, you know, as a part of human resources, you have, um, it, it's interesting before we formalize this work, you know, that is the body of work that kind of touched it so closely. So there was this natural gravitation for me, um, to the work, especially as it relates to the justice, the social justice portion and, you know, the equity uh, within organizations. So for me, it was a natural next step. Um, as it relates to the work that I've done in human resources. And, you know, one of those leaps, I'm so glad I took. That's, that's great. It sounds lovely. And so for you, what do you think, what does a successful DEI strategy look like? Yeah. So, you know, he, here's the thing, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, just a few of us, but this landscape is really shifting quickly, right? So, one thing about this and really like any other business imperative, there needs to be some agility to respond to what the market needs, right? Or the world needs for us. And so one of the foundational thing, I think um, a successful DEI strategy should have is the ability to course correct and to pivot based on the, the environment in which we exist, right? Because these uh, social injustices of uh, this work it, it just shifts so quickly and you have to be able to pivot and shift. So that is just a characteristic um, that I think is important. So I think the strategy has to be able to be nimble, but I also think that the strategy needs to be centered around the, the desire to create equitable environments, to create a place where uh, people can 
naturally exist. And, and I think as a result, you're able to bring um, the best of who you are. I hate to say your authentic self, because, you know, what does that really mean? Right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you have these buzzwords, but I think the strategy has to have clear, a clear North Star. Um, I think it should have uh, clear outcomes. It should be outcome driven, because as we all know, much like any other business strategy, DEI is a business strategy. Um, it is no longer, uh, you know, for us HR professionals, we're uh, accustomed to hearing warm and fuzzy, you know, soft skills. But these things have now transitioned into imperatives for our organization. So much like any other business strategy, it has, it has, it has to have a clear direction and North Star, uh, a clear mission and vision. Um, it needs to have strategic priorities that align with the overall organizational priorities. And then also... Um, clear and defined and executable outcomes. And also, don't let me forget accountability. <laughs> yeah. To have a, a, a measure of how we hold people accountable for this work. I mean, because just like with sales, you have numbers, you know, um, with growth, you have numbers. And so people are held accountable for that number, those numbers. And I think in this space, it gets kind of tricky because you think of quotas when you think of numbers, but that's not how we need to think of this. Uh, so those are things that I think are imperative. Mm, no, I, I I agree. And for you, I mean, what is what does that look like? Like how how can we really implement accountability? Mm-hmm. What would you say is an effective way? Yes, yeah, so I think to implement accountability, you have to have a clear path for or a clear understanding of what people will be held accountable for, right? Mm-hmm. So a plan. I hate to say a scorecard, but you need some type of framework. Otherwise, it's kind of like it's nebulous, right? So it needs to be concrete, right? It needs to be clear. So accountability, one, there's a clear outcome. There also is a clear role. There are clear roles and responsibilities, right? And there's a clear path for how you expect it to be reached, and then, obviously, you know, honestly, you need, um, I hate to say buy-in, but you have to have alignment. And you can't, in, as in the DEI function, hold people accountable if the organization is not supporting you in that, right? So I think those things are important. You know, like, with accountability for what? Like, I, again, a clear path mm-hmm. or plan. And then if you're you know, telling someone, okay, we're going to hold you accountable, but if it's just you, then mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> I mean, right. that's not going to do very much. I feel like it's 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 the same sort of thing where, I think as a as a child, if if I mm-hmm. knew like if I knew right, okay, my my sister is telling me, oh, mom said that you need to do this. I'm like, okay, and then I don't do it, and she's like, oh, you haven't done it. I'm like, what is it? Just you that's going to be telling me off? Like who who right. else is who, who else is going to be? And, and to your example, there has to. I hate to say there have to be repercussions, but the same repercussions if you don't hit in any of your other metrics, right? As a business professional, is it like, does it impact your pay? Does it impact your performance? Um, so yeah. And then also like, if you don't have shared accountability, then the, I hate to say there's no, you know, like pressure, like if, to your point about parenting, if mom says no and dad says, just go to that, you know? So you're absolutely correct in that. Yeah. And so for you, what have you found to be one of the most challenging things in working within DEI? 
So for me, I, you know, one thing that's important to me is ensuring it, DEI is embedded into the fabric of the organization versus being seen as this extra thing that we do or this, this you know, like this other thing over here, right? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the challenge is, you know, aligning with the strategy of your peers, right? Seeing how you come alongside and making sure you have to have a very strong and cohesive relationship and some alignment on the strategy and where it's going, right? So if you're going to embed this work into the fabric of the organization, um, that means you have to be closely knit and tied into the partner that you're working with, right? So for example, you know, when you think about, you know, being equitable, one thing where equitability really lives is within processes, right? So if I don't own the recruitment process and that's owned by the recruiting team, I have to have a partnership with the leader to say, you know, what is your vision for recruitment and this process? Okay, well, here's how DEI helps. You know, here's how we can ensure that it's equitable and that it's fair and that it's consistent. So if you have um, opposing points of view, you can see how easily, you know, that becomes a barrier to success because you, you're not aligned. No one, and I'm not saying you have to agree on everything, but you have to have a partnership where you can challenge one another's thinking um, and where you can align even if you don't agree. Mm. And so I think that is so very important and it can really be a barrier to success or if your colleagues don't see this as important. Um, those things can make it a challenge. And also I think we all know lack of resources, right? So um, a lot of times in this role, you're, you know, they expect for one person to really own and champion it and execute, but it really to really affect an organization and, and really, you know, do the work in a way that's meaningful. We have to have the financial resources and the human resources to do the work. And also the, um, I guess, freedom or be empowered to really do the work. And that empowerment also comes through resources, uh, whether it's financial, whether it's people, and then autonomy, right? So like, you need to be able to feel free to do the work in the way that you think it's best, because that's why that hopefully that's why they asked you to lead it, right? So I agree. I think autonomy is one of the ones that I haven't heard from from a leader speak on, um, which I think is it's an important it's an important one um because like you said you you don't want to feel restricted because there's a lot to do right there's 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 a lot to cover and so mm -hmm. if it's already going to be difficult you already know all right okay this is going to be hard let me roll up my sleeves let me get ready but if you've got a ball and chain only a couple of feet behind you, you ain't going to get no far. So you're going to be struggling and it's going to take you 10 times harder. So I think, um, I, I agree. I think autonomy is, is, it's really important and to be able to pursue your, the goals in the way that you see fit. Um, but in order to do that also, I think it's important that you get the support of the, the most senior individual in, in the organization. Because then, then ultimately, once you have that, I feel like naturally you'll then be able to get that autonomy and, and get that, that freedom that you need. I think, 
depends on the reporting structure, right? Okay. So mm -hmm. In some organizations, uh, DEI rolls directly into the CEO. Um, and then in other organizations, it rolls through human resources, you know, or other, you know, it, it's not ne necessarily a direct reporting structure into the CEO. So I think that's when it could shift, right? Or there could be barriers because he, here's one thing I, I really want to say about this position and this role and this work. I don't know that people understand the emotional toll that it takes on the person that's doing the work. So it, it's important that for as much as you can remove any barriers to success because the role in itself is already, people trauma dump, you know, they want you yeah. to solve or they're mm. like, you know, they come to you, I feel discriminated against, I feel like I'm not included. Like that's a lot to take on from people and to be ultimately in some ways responsible for. So over time, the work itself, right? Like, and it's not, you know, bad that the, it's good that they feel comfortable coming, right? But yeah. you can take on, if we're human in any way, you take on some level of that emotion. So yeah, of for where we can, the professionals in this role have to feel supported and, and have autonomy because of their health and their uh, well-being and their uh, ability to continue the work. And I think in this, you know, now that we've been in it for several years and it's been hot and heavy for several years, we kind of do a check in on the DEI professionals, right? Like, are you okay? Yeah, I don't quite feel like there is a particular resource out there just yet that provides that option. So I know there's there's a number of well-being pieces that that is the responsibility for HR to take on and and create for all of the employees in, within the organization and that's that's great um and I myself have have used them within organizations that I've worked with and, and worked with and I think they're amazing but in the same breath I don't know whether there is anything that is that's implemented to assist the actual DEI practitioner that individual leader that actually hears those stories time and time and time again um because it's important because like you said as humans if we're like we're all human beings we are emotional beings so um and I'd like to say people want to be good people like we're good you want to do good things you want to help someone if someone comes to you with a problem if my friend comes to me with a problem I want to help her it's like right um you feel for that person so I can only imagine as a leader when you're hearing those sorts of stories where people are feeling excluded and, and discriminated they've had awful experiences with their manager they feel like they're being stifled it's it's um whilst it's one thing you're it motivates you to keep going in in terms of okay no I'm definitely going to do this I want to champion I want to I want to prevent these sorts of situations happening but at the same breath it's like when the situation does happen and you hear about it it's it's emotional it's it's hard hitting um so for you what without that resource just just yet there isn't a specific tool I can name that you can go to but what do you do to help your own well-being whilst being in the role you know one I make sure that I take time for myself and, and that gets hard, right? Like if you're, you know, on the airplane, they say, you know, before you put on anyone else's mask, put your mask on first. 
Um, so that's important. There are just certain things that I do. And sometimes I have to just pull away. Now, I will tell you, um, as an iterator, which is what we call our, ourselves at Iterable, you know, I am fortunate to work alongside amazing executives that literally, um, I just, I think about one-on-ones I have with my CEO, my CFO, my um, COO, where it, it's almost like before any business conversation is had, before any um, discussion about I guess you would say work takes place, they check on me as an individual. So I think ensuring within your organization that your values align and, you know, our values are trust, balance, growth mindset, and humility, you know, those things are exhibited in your personal interactions. And that's one thing. So it's really about the organizational culture um, that supports you when the system's in place, maybe you're not able to get to those, right? So it's those conversations around uh, those check-ins and, and, and that's why it's also so important. And, and that's really what sustains you. And when your, organizational has, when your organization has a culture where you connect on a human, uh, you know, from a human place, it, it helps sustain. And then finally, I would say, join the community of uh, like-minded individuals. So I'm in a DEI collective, right? And so we get together to talk about those things that are that are that we're struggling with, how we help each other with well-being. And so it's really just making sure that you invest the same things that you suggest for other people. Uh, and pull some of those levers yourself. Execute, you know, sometimes we just get so in the work that we don't pull up. So I would say pull up. Oh, I love that. <laughs> No, that's that's a good take. And um, on the topic of kind of well-being, and then obviously speaking on on emotional and and um, sometimes traumatic situations, how can organisations create that environment, that psychological safety where people feel comfortable coming to you with with the problems that they're facing? I think the ways they can do that is celebrate when they see it happening, where people have the courage to speak up where people utilize the um, tools and resources that are available. Also make them accessible, right? And so make sure that you're sharing with uh, people within your organizations that they know what tools and resources are available to them. Um, and, and I think it's also important, you know, there's this concept called shadow of a leader where leaders really exhibit the behaviors that they you know, want to uplift within their team. So for example, I, I can't tell you all, make sure you take time off if I don't take time off. you know. So it's really leading the way or modeling the way, if you will. And so I think that uh, inclusive leadership is critical and it's important. So it's really making sure within your organization, you have um, uh, ways that you can help build inclusive leadership. And so, you know, sometimes psychological safety also is established from a team level with leaders showing vulnerability to themselves, right? Uh, sharing experiences where, you know, I too have experienced situations where I needed EAP, even saying things like that. And so I think it's really people, you know, they hear what you say, but they really watch what you do. And so I can say as a leader, you know, I promote psychological safety. I want you to feel comfortable coming to me. I want you to feel comfortable speaking out in meetings. But then when people take those steps, um, they're, they're, they're met with an uh, um, undesirable outcome. So I think it's so important 
we can say we promote it, but you really have to take action. And you might say, you know what, Natasha, thank you for speaking up on that. Thank you for challenging my way of thinking. So it's really reinforcing the message of psychological safety more than just putting that out there as this thing, oh, you know, I want it to be psychologically safe. But then when you speak up, you know, you're either cut off or, you know. And so I think that's so important in establishing psychological safety within an organization. Mm, no, I think, yeah, I think it's it's important to uh, not just pay lip service to 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 that. And um, so when it does happen, you kind of acknowledge it. And like you said, praise that individual for for taking that that courage and having the courage to to talk um is important so um i like hearing about what everyone's up to and all the projects that they've got coming on so um makita can you share with us a particular project or initiative that you're working on or have recently completed working on that you're really excited about and proud of yeah honestly something i'm working on right now is around um really uh volunteerism and how we show up in our communities and how we're able to impact our communities as an organization. So I'm super excited to be partnering uh, with our you know, marketing team as well as with our legal team to really think about our CSR and ESG strategy and how we show up in our communities, uh, whether it's philanthropic or uh, volunteerism and really making sure that we, um, you know, our goal at Iterable is to bring joy to the world and to our customers. And like, that is so huge and it's a, huge task and responsibility to say that, right? However, I think one of the ways people find joy is through purpose, right? And so um, we're so not, you know, granted, I want to say this is something we've been doing all along. You know, we've done volunteer matching, we've promoted volunteerism, but we're really at a, as a late stage startup, we're really in a place where, uh, you know, what got us here won't get us there. So how do we take our strategy to the next level? and really put a lasting imprint on our uh, communities in which we exist. And for us, it's a global community, right? So while we are based in the US, we uh, do have offices in the UK and Australia. And so really thinking about from a global perspective, what our role is, what our voice is, how we show up in the marketplace and how, even though sometimes for SaaS companies, specifically for ESG, it's hard to really make an impact because we don't necessarily own, you know, we don't have a physical product that we put out, right? However, there are ways that we can help, whether it's through the work that we do with our vendors, whether it's through work that we do with our partners in the community. Um, and so that is super important. And also, you know, I'm, I'm a huge volunteer geek, if you will. And so, you know, thinking about the possibility of reducing food insecurities for people, helping uh, uh, our youth with literacy and access to technology, you know, thinking about how we can give in communities and just really to, I know make the world a better place sounds really cheesy, but I have, um, and I volunteer even outside of the organization. Um, when you can connect a person to purpose, mm. when you can connect a person to sometimes a line of sight, um, uh, where they're not necessarily familiar, like, I don't know what food insecurity is, but working and seeing how we can work to alleviate food insecurity. When you tie a person to meaning, you really ignite something in them that transcends into the workplace. 
that transcends into discretionary effort, right? And so there is so much in this. So I'm so excited about it. And I think, I hope you can hear it in my voice, but looking forward to really launching and executing on that. And we're kicking that off and really shaping that with a summer of, of volunteerism where we're gonna really promote focused missions where people can take that mission and uh, deploy it within their local community. So we're just really excited about that. Oh no, that sounds amazing. I can completely like, I can tell <laughs> in the way that you're speaking about it. All smiles, all teeth, love, love, love. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, 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 that's a good thing. But I think that's a good thing. No, not many people, like, you know, when someone is really passionate and they're smiling when they're really happy is when you see teeth. And I think I always, I always show teeth. Um, you have oh. great teeth, by the way. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that sounds amazing. And I think that um, it totally resonates with me in terms of purpose. Like once you give someone purpose, then it, it definitely transcends through everything that they do. Everything is just, you'll see they, they show up in such a different way. Um, mm -hmm. And even for me personally, I feel like when I found my purpose in in terms of, of creating the platform for this podcast and, and bringing leaders like yourself together on the show and, and just to, to showcase more of these great conversations and more of this great work that's being done. I think when I finally got to that point of like, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I wanna do, this is how I'm gonna do it. Um, I felt so much better about myself. And I feel like for me, one of the things is after I had my daughter, that's where I felt I lost my purpose, which sounds mm. really weird. <laughs> I think actually no, say not. it sounds weird. How is it that you've become a mother? Like you, you're, you're, you've entered this new stage of your life. How have you lost purpose? <laughs> Shouldn't it be like my purpose be looking after this human being? But I mean, yes, it is. I totally get it as a but, mom. Of the, I totally yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, um, I think for me that was a turning point because I'd never really ever had that feeling before. I, I've, I've always kind of had a great, good job. Like goes to work make money have great experiences um that was that was it for me and that was fine um but yeah I think after I had her I was like oh actually like who am I again like what what am I doing <laughs> now where am I going I'm just I mean I know I've got this person next to me now who's going to be with me for life and that's great and and I feel like I kind of know where I need to go with that but what else <laughs> what else is there so yeah I think um I, I totally agree and I think that the, the the volunteerism that you've you've spoken about is is fantastic and that's phenomenal and I think a lot more it's I don't think many organizations focus on that at all really um and the social impact of of the work that they do and the services that they provide um needs to be looked at in in a little bit of a more of a in a different way now I think because the way that the world is going it's important that we we need to pivot and we need to look at outside of our own little bubble. That's what mm -hmm. I, I feel like, um, which it sounds like at Iterable, that is what you guys are doing, which is fantastic. Um, well, Marky, I've, I've so much thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Um, before you do leave us, I would love to hear one piece of parting advice that you would offer up to DEI leaders. You know, um, one piece of advice is take care of your mental well-being. Don't get so caught up in the work that you forget who you are and why you are. Um, and so take time to put your mask on. If that means a little bit of crying, that's okay. 
Um, if that means going out, taking time to volunteer, to pour back into yourself, do that. Um, because without our profession, I think, you know, there, we no longer are afforded the opportunity to exist as organizations without DEI. And so we are needed, we're important, we have purpose, and we should stand in that purpose. But more importantly, to show up as our best selves and contribute in the ways that we know we can, put your mask on, take care of yourself. Oh, I love that. That's, that's lovely. Thanks again so much, Marquita. Um, I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and also, by the way, anyone listening, how best can they connect with you? Certainly. So you can find me on LinkedIn uh, under Marquita Jack. Please feel free to connect with me. Um, I would love, love, love to uh, establish new relationships and new partnerships. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. Oh, will do. So I will leave a link down below in the show notes to your LinkedIn profile. So if anyone does want to reach out to you, they'll definitely be able to do that. Um, and once again, Marquita, thanks so much. Thank you.